Hello guys, hope you guys are well and welcome back to another episode of Make It On Destiny podcast, the podcast that empowers you to shape your future. Guys, today we're joined with a special guest and it all goes back to Connectors Club when we all connected and I think this is one of the importance of showing you guys how Connectors Club was important to different people. Um, people are able to connect from different careers, different fields. For me personally, if it wasn't for Connectors Club, I would have been able to know the person. But through Connectors Club, I was able to understand who the person was and I was able to connect with him. So without further ado, let me ask Musa first. Musa, what do you think of the importance of Connectors Club? I mean, we were able to connect with our guests through Connectors Club. It's very important. And I didn't know Captain, but through Connectors Club, I knew Captain. And actually, I used to dream of being a pilot when I was a kid. So I have a lot of questions for the captain today. Questions like, how did he become a captain? How much did he invest? You know, people want to know how much can you make as a captain? Does it really pay? And there are a lot of myths that I've heard. Like, if you're two captains, you're not supposed to eat the same meal. And you're not allowed to eat fish. I don't know if it's true or not, but the captain is here today. He's going to tell us. Captain Brian, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. So our question, the first question, first of all, is who is Captain Brian and how did it come about for you to become a captain? All right. So my official name is Brian Moses Wamala. I'm uh, 34 years of age and um, I'm just a Tanzanian uh, guy with so many dreams and ambitions that... uh, still to fulfill so being a pilot being a pilot was one of my childhood dreams probably most of them uh, they would have been my dreams but being a pilot was the topmost you know didn't start there it started by i wanted to become a firefighter firefighter at some point yeah and um i stopped halfway because i saw people burning and that freaked me out like nah this is not my thing and then uh, I loved to become a policeman, especially these um, secret agents, FBI, CIA, such people, you know. And then gunshots again. People dying, people get shot. I was like, nah, I don't want this anymore. And then I remember back in 1997, if not 1996, I boarded my first flight from Dar es Salaam to Mwanza. And then that was when I was like, this is the thing I want to do. Because I got in the cockpit, I saw everything was just amazing. So I was like, this is what I want to become. So since then, my um, everything I do was towards that, towards becoming a pilot. And that's how it started. And uh, right now I'm there. Behind the cameras, before we started, we were talking. And you touched upon the culture of Tanzania. Yeah. That people believe... If you're Tanzanian, you can't be a pilot. How true do you think that is? I mean, you've changed that culture. You've become a pilot yourself. But do you think it's just a limit that people put in in their minds? Well, honestly speaking, people think like that because, first of all, the cost of becoming a pilot. Back in the days, um, it is the government or the companies that pay for um, pilot's training. And things changed. Now people go trainings on on, on like by themselves. Um, people start training at a younger age. 
back in the days you used to see all guys becoming pilots but these days you walk in you walk at an airport and then people are like you're a pilot I'm like yeah and they see other guys like 24 23 22 years old uh, years old they're pilots mm. so it always starts with something people have to see to believe and that's what we do that's what i do personally i had to show people that this is possible to make them believe that anybody can become a pilot it's, it doesn't matter tanzanian not a tanzanian um, um a woman a man anybody can be a pilot at any point of time yeah musa yeah why did your dreams die down because uh, i decided to pursue other dreams instead so i couldn't be a pilot anymore but i think i can still be a pilot maybe captain here will let me know if i can do it part time <laughs> as a hobby you know because i'm so young and i believe i can do it make sure you guys stick to the end to find out what it takes to become the captain what it takes for you to achieve your dreams so one of these top dreams and he was able to achieve his dreams now obviously you talked about being a uh, becoming a captain as a hobby I have that question. I mean, we have the there's this actor that does stunts. What's his name? Mission Impossible. What's his name? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. He's very famous that he flies his own planes. Yeah. yeah. Helicopters. Yeah. Do you think, for example, just for Musa, uh, it is something that a lot of people do just to fly as a hobby? And especially in Tanzania, have you ever seen someone flying planes as a hobby? Like, as a rich person, he went to fly a uh, aviation school, and he's flying his own plane. just for fun with his family let's say yeah i have seen some yeah people do that yeah maybe most it's not late after all yeah yeah i've also seen that and actually there's one guy that i look up to his name is john travolta you know he even has an airstrip in his own house so i hope one day mod we can have our own plane <laughs> make sure you guys subscribe man yeah, <laughs> for sure captain before we proceed on to the aviation school and all how we become a captain As I said before, we connected through Connectors Club. From your personal experience, could you uh, tell us how, what you thought of Connectors Club and how do you think it is something that is helping the society? Okay. Um one thing that I know and I'm pretty sure about it is being rich, being wealthy is nothing if you have no people around you. Okay? You might have everything in this world, but if you don't have people, if you don't have connects then you know where to go you need people to push you to go farther you need people to take you there you need people who know more than you you need people who even know don't know than what you know why because we're different you know we are all different what i see is different from what you see what i believe is different from what you believe i don't know everything but something i know i i can get something from somebody else no matter what it is and that's what connectors club is all about connect with people let them share their story let them inspire you you inspire them that's how we got here out of curiosity from your personal views yeah. why do you think we are so uh, what's the word that we think we know everything especially in our culture like for example a simple example let's say connectors club mm. obviously there's a certain price you have to pay to go join because there's the whole logistics part behind it mm-hmm. but what do you think like Why do people think that why should I pay if I could just see this person or what should I pay to do this when they just want the money? You know people are very egotistic that they they think they know everything. Why do you think that's going on in our culture? Because for some point uh, for some reason we all are self-centered at some point. We believe that why would I want to pay for something if I can get it for free? 
But quantity and quality, these are things you need to pay for. You want the best? Pay for it. And this is what the world is right now. You know, Make sure that, because they believe if I give you money, I am giving you something that, it's like I'm losing something out of it. But no, you're giving me money for me to research, to come back to you with proper answers, the correct figures, to help you gain more experience in what you want to know. That, that is, it costs a fortune. I remember a friend of mine used to tell me that if you go to, let's say, um, a technician, and then probably your phone is broken, okay? You send it to him. This guy won't charge you for fixing the phone. He'll charge you for knowing what the problem is. Because that's one thing people miss, you know? I'm not charging you for fixing it. I'm charging for actually knowing what the problem is. That's one thing you could not do. You know, I remember my dad always used to tell me that the concept of value for money. If you are getting any value out of someone, you have to pay. Sometimes you can get it for free and you'll think, you'll go away and think like, I got this for free, but someone else incurred the cost. And most people, if you give them something for free, they won't value it because they got it for free. For example, right now, we are breathing this air, oxygen. It's free, right? Nobody notices. But when you are at ICU and you need oxygen and you have to pay, that's when you realize, okay, this air was not free at all. Yeah. Yeah. So people must pay so that they can value that thing. They say, uh, if you pay, you pay attention. But if you get it for free, you'll take it for granted always. So you must pay to pay attention. True. You can see that from Emoyadi's example, that people will pay, take things lightly, maybe because we're doing everything for free. But end of the day, it's about helping us all achieve our goals. But people think these guys are doing this for nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's jump back to the whole aviation. So um, when it comes to the aviation, how do you think it has empowered you as a person? And where do you think it's taking you for in the future? Okay. Um, I believe everyone has big dreams. Okay. It starts there. If you, can, if you can dream it, you can do it. So for me, I've always dreamt to become a pilot. So in general, the whole aviation industry is like one, one world connected. A pilot needs somebody else. Somebody else needs somebody else. A pilot needs an ATC controller. An ATC needs... Um, um, Systems that are implemented for that radar um, approach systems, airspaces. So we are all interconnected. For that, we all need each other. We all need each other. Me personally, how does that empower me? It gets me to places. It connects me to people I've never even thought of meeting them. You know, traveling from one place to the other, exploring places, getting to know what other cultures are. That's 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 something for me is just amazing, you know. And I love connecting. I love connecting with people. I want to understand how and why is of why do you think this way? Why do you think that way? For me, it's it's a plus. There's a saying that say that you know we we rise by lifting others, and when you empower people, you even become more powerful yourself. So through aviation, how are you planning? to empower others or is there anything that you're doing to empower others through your career? 
it's a good question because behind the mic we had a conversation before where I said sometimes it gets tiring you feel like I just want to stop doing all this and then you remind yourself why did I start doing it you know me growing up as a pilot um, as a pilot even when I was back as a, at a younger age I never got people to talk to about this you see a pilot you admire them you follow them you like you get to them and these guys will just ignore you you know they <laughs> they made the career feel so unique so expensive that you cannot touch me and that's a barrier that i had you know so i know how it felt and i wouldn't want that uh, that experience happening to somebody else and that's why i do what i do to let people know to inform people give them that knowledge of what a pilot is what he does his life around that uh, industry so that it's easier for them you know just give them information you know raw data just let them process that that is uh, priceless yeah um scroll through your instagram and you can see you're not only a pilot you're also <laughs> influencer <laughs> When, when did that start? I mean, you can see you're very um, talented when it comes to taking pictures. And you also talked about providing information. We can see you showing maybe a day in the life of becoming a, of a, of a pilot. Yeah. Uh, when did that start? And was that a hobby or what is it? I had so much on my plate. I remember back in 2012, if not 2011, if you remember Issa Michuzi? Yeah. Yeah, he made an article about me saying that uh, Brian Moses, the multi-talented uh, guy in Malaysia, because I did my degree in Malaysia. Okay. Back then, I used to do school based on like um, software engineering. I did software engineering. Same time, sound engineering. Same time, <laughs> I used to have a, like a mini studio in my house, doing all these three things at the same time. So that also pushed me to other things. After that, I came back home. I bought my first GoPro. So I used to take pictures. I, I love road trips. So I take pictures, different angles. People like them. And then somebody came to me like, Brian, why don't you take this seriously? You know, get some good equipment and start taking pictures. And I bought my first camera. And that's how it went. So I found out that there are things that make me happy. And I even talked about this in one of my videos, on my in, um, YouTube videos, happiness. Once you realize that happiness is self-provided, you've won the battle. Once you know that nobody can provide happiness to you except yourself, then you've won the battle. Because if you make yourself happy, who who will ever destroy it? Nobody. But if you put if you rely happiness on something or somebody, what if that thing dies off? What if that person is no longer there? Does it mean you're miserable? Does it mean you have no chance to stand up and move on? Of course not. So I love photography. For me, photography is not the camera itself. It's the, it's my eye, what I see. Everybody can have a camera. But if we are told to take a picture of this mic, you will have a different angle. You'll have a different angle. I have a different angle on this. And that's how we see life. So that's this is me. Happiness is everything. So photography made me happy and it 
is mostly the eye itself, not the camera. And from there it went on. So pictures and cameras, flying. Now you take your passion, what you love, flying, and then take pictures with it. So you're doing so many things, you know. Some deep words, Musa. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I took them in. It's very, very true what you're saying. When you talk about the mic, everyone has their own angle. It's about how you, you, you see things. Yeah. I remember even on this podcast, we have been using the same cameras since we started. But the moment that we had Director Barrow, who is actually behind the camera, we are seeing that the videos are becoming different, but the cameras are the same. So as Captain said, everyone has his own knowledge when it comes to camera, taking pictures, taking videos. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, we can be at the same place and then later after the event, everyone comes with their own pictures and I can ask myself like, Monty, were we at the same place? Because I see like you have better pictures than me. Also behind the cameras, we, we talked about, I mean, so it came about that you are also once a producer. I don't know if this is still a passion, but also I, I, you, you made me understand that there's things that you, you can't be doing every time. Yeah. But I want you to tell the people as well, like sometimes not everything goes about your way. Maybe you could just give us a little story on that and how it's, you stopped it or how you're planning to continue it or why you stopped it. Yeah. Uh, the focus part. Okay. Um, we all grow up and we're told that never quit. If you quit, you're a failure. But no, for me, when you realize that it's time to stop, you stop. Why? Again, who decides your fate? Yourself. Yourself. Yeah. Nobody can come outside and let, tell you, stop this. But if it eats you, if it eats you within you, if you cannot handle it anymore, there's a, there's a picture I remember I saw. It's a, it's a, it's a meme whereby it's, it's, a, it's, on, it's a hand and a rope. The longer you hold it, the more painful it becomes. So just let go. You know, we talked about this behind the camera again, where I kept on buying cameras, then selling them again. You buy them again, you sell them again. Buy equipments, musical equipments. I had a studio, as you said. I had a musical studio. I started my uh, music career when I finished all levels. This was 2007. And um, my first studio I went was, what's that? Um, Metro Studio in Masaki. By that time, Alan Mapigo was the producer there. So I went with my, my CD. Like I, had, <laughs> I got Fruit Loops, I did a beat. So I went there for vocals because I didn't have mics and everything. So Alan was like, you made this beat? I was like, yeah, I made this beat. Like, okay, this is nice. What do you do now? I'm like, I'm just home. I'm waiting for my Form 4 results. I'm like, huh, you want to work temporarily in the studio? I'm like, why not? You know, I've always wanted to do this and then somebody gives me an opportunity to do this. Why not? So this guy took an initiative to train me in the whole um, musical field. And what he told me, imagine this guy, you start working there and he gives you a book of 600 pages. Sound engineering. Introduction to sound engineering. Tells you, go read this. How do you start? You have no idea. So, 
But because you're determined, the determination was there. Went through uh, some page that didn't finish it all, but I had an idea. But all he wanted to see is if I was really into it. So my first song I remember I recorded was Mount Azoro. Nataka kuwa na wewe. Nataka ndika niwe wako. Yeah, I know that song. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. It was my first song that I actually played a keyboard and put in some few notes and keys into it. Recorded the vocals and it started there. You know? Mm-hmm. So part of that so it start, um I dealt with other musical artists I did with Mabeste Malaika um Chinbiz Young Lunya all of these guys back then but because now um my family or I say my parents they never saw music as something I would want to pursue so I had to do it underground like low key mm-hmm. that's why most of these songs come out most of them they have no producer produced by or probably you just be produced by Alan Mapigo because if they realize that I was in the studio <laughs> I'll get my ass whooped <laughs> yes mute that but I never stopped I never stopped I never stopped it came with me got money when I started working in my career as a pilot saved enough money bought my other stuff opened my own studio Lufa became the producer there um so he did some tracks too but then I had to move out of the city as I said if you don't we all have visions but if you cannot get somebody who has the same vision as yours that dream will fade away mm-hmm. will always fade away because it's not the same energy if you were there so when i moved out of the city i was like you know what now my studio is dying i'm putting in so much money i don't see returns i had to close it down yeah it's very true bro you know quitting something does not mean that you have lost i even remember on our previous episodes that the one that we did with the manihorics from the big boys fx he told us that you should always know when to stop loss and when to take profit it doesn't mean that you have really lost but or quitting that you have lost so sometimes it happens so that you can do some other things as well i mean yes sure as you, uh, the captain saying don't hold the door for too long know when to stop um so back to the plane yeah. i've been on the plane i've been scared but not knowing who's the captain who's doing what yeah. so that's my point of view your point of view what's the most challenging flight you've been on the other side thank god i've landed this plane you know we as pilots believe that the moment you take off and land you save lives cuz an airplane is it's just a cylinder it's a flying cylinder it's up there so if you take it off from this ground to the sky and put it back down you have saved lives but the most challenging part of it is mostly the pressure and the weather mother nature mother nature if it takes you it takes you you know you cannot fight it and that's what we were trained to do no when to say no no when to say yes if your instinct tells you no then don't do it sometimes you're caught in the middle of it and uh, you have to decide you've heard of planes going halfway and then coming back those are decisions you make in a split second because it's not stopping yeah so that's the challenge um, 
I remember the, I don't know the dates. I'm not really, sh- I forget things, mm-hmm. but I know the story. I remember back then there was a flight that got lost. Mm-hmm. So what's your thoughts on that? I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Do you know the flight? I remember that, I remember that, yeah. What's your thoughts on that? How, how is that possible? <laughs> um, okay. In an aircraft itself, there's so many devices and uh, systems in it, you know. To get lost means nothing or none of the systems are working. You know? Mm-hmm. We have something called a transponder. Transponder is what locates whenever you're flying, the transponder is always on. So it shows, it reflects on the radar map, on other planes, the controllers, that where you are. Switch that off, mm-hmm. you're flying dark. But don't quote me that that's what happened. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm just saying that really there's sure. such it's scenarios that, thoughts, you could, yeah. you could, that, that that could happen. ELTs, ELTs, these are emergency locators. Um, these are devices that, after an impact, they 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 signal out for some time so that it can be traceable. Mm-hmm. But if the battery dies, and then that's it. That's it. Is it true that uh, in the plane there's something called a black box? which they, they say that is indestructible. So even when the plane is lost, they can trace all the information of, of the plane from that black box. Is it's it true, true or it's is true. it just a myth? It's true. So why can't the plane be made of the same material that the box has been made of? Um, okay, if you go back to the physics of aircrafts or anything that flies, you need to be lighter than air. Okay? Now imagine the whole plane itself, the way it is right now, with the same material, the aluminium uh, material, it, it weighs tons and tons and tons. Imagine if it's heavier than that. More weight, more fuel. So the world, the technology takes us to places where we need lighter materials for uh, less uh, fuel burn. So it's, it's just economy, you know. So we cannot have everything heavy. It's like somebody asked me, why doesn't, why don't passengers have parachutes? <laughs> why don't we? Because don't you we? need to be trained for that. One, two, each parachute bag is heavy. Imagine a plane that carries 275 passengers and every parachute bag weighs about 10 kilos. That's two tons of extra weight. Is it true that uh, pilots breathe different air from the passengers? It's the same. <laughs> it's the same, man. <laughs> What about the food part? Is it true you have to eat different meals? Yes, it's recommended that you eat uh, different meals just to avoid food poisoning. Oh, fair enough. Now, um, talk about challenges. We just came from how you said um, the challenge part and you said when you fly and you land, you've saved lives. But then I want to talk about personal challenges as a pilot. What are the personal, what's one of the top challenges that you have faced? When you're a pilot and you, over, well, you overcame them, it doesn't have to be in the, in the air, it can just be as a pilot in your career. You don't stop studying. It's a challenge. Okay. You, have, you always have to stay fit. You always have to stay updated. You always have to read. Why is that? Because systems and technology changes every day. You need to stay fresh. We human beings forget. Imagine, because you don't do things, things like emergencies. You don't have emergencies every day. Sometimes in a lifetime, as a pilot, you might not face any emergency. Now imagine you've, you've flown for almost two or three years and you haven't had any emergency 
happening to you. You forget the procedures. So you need to be studying every moment. That's why we have trainings every six months. Every six months we go checked up, uh, getting you get checked out on our emergency procedures. What exam? to do? Is that an what exam? To, it's not really an exam. It's a check. You check. Remember. Yes, remember. you need to remember the right procedures. And I believe it's just um, part of it is the insurance purpose. Okay. If the book says if this happens, you need to do A, B, C, D. You need to remember A, B, C, D. If you do A, B, D, the insurance is killing you. Why didn't you do C? You understand? So it's just, it keeps you on your feet. Like you remember each and every step. You know, Captain, you know, when it comes to cars, mm. the knowledge is mostly general knowledge. Yeah. For example, right, right now I can drive a Toyota. Yeah. I can use the same knowledge to drive a G-Wagon. I can use the same knowledge to drive a Tesla or a Lambo. It's, it's, it's just like the same thing. Yeah. So today, let's say if a fighter jet, let's say, uh, F-22, can you ride it or just like you can only ride some specific? Um, when it comes to pilot training, there are different classes and categories of um, aircrafts. And every, 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 every category is a different training. I can fly a plane, but I cannot fly a helicopter. I need to go back to school and start all over again to fly a helicopter. Mm. I need to do the same thing if I need to fly a balloon, a hot air balloon. It's a different training. But in the same category, if it's a plane, let's say um, Boeing and then flying an Airbus, same thing, but you need to study the systems of that aircraft, how to how to operate the systems. of. So when it goes back to, you said the emergency part. Yeah. I mean, God forbid if it has not, but have you ever faced an emergency? Have I? Yeah, that happened. What was it? Or what's an emergency to you that to us, we thought it was just... I mean, as a, as a passenger, thought if you keep in mind that planes are made by people, some things are made, um, they're bound to fail at some point. And that's why we are trained for that. Anything that happens in that, um, that aircraft, you need to know what to do. So we've had, I won't say where, I won't say when it happened, but we've had emergencies in my, in my um, career throughout um, probably... I've had um, oil loss where the engine just shuts down. Mm-hmm. I've had like bird strikes, a bird hitting a plane. I've had that. I've had sick passengers on board. You know, we need to divert. Has it happened before you? Has yeah, it yeah, it happened. Yeah, someone's... yeah, it happens. Oh, okay. Has that, so, for, for example, for those type of emergencies that you're saying you can't yeah. mention, is it usually like an internal internal emergency, whereas us in the back don't really know? Or is it a thing where when that happens, the whole plane knows? There's some that you, you wouldn't even notice. I know there's something happening. I need to get uh, to get down. Some emergencies happen. We go through our procedures, and it, 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 it's, it's resolved within yeah. a specific time. Yeah. Um, so... For example, young person right now watching this episode yeah. wants to become a pilot. Yeah. What are the misconceptions that are there within becoming a pilot, especially in our country? Um, the topmost misconception is you need to study um, science to become a pilot. People have that in their minds. It has to be physics. It has to be geography. It has to be math. 
I never did that. So I am um, a living testimony that I never did that. I did physics, chemistry, biology, form five. I was given a rat to dissect. I couldn't do it. And I left school. Okay. Form five. And I left school. Joined the um, university program. Did five years degree. And I went for my pilot training. And the five year degree was not on? Not on aviation. That's computing, computer science, software engineering. So did your dream of becoming a pilot come after your degree? Or after your degree you're like, maybe I don't really want to do this, I want to become a pilot? Uh, the degree part was mostly my, my mother's idea. My mom was like, no, you need to have something. You need to have something else in your bag. Because being a pilot is very sensitive. It ne- as I said, it needs you to be 101 physically fit, mentally fit. If I break a leg right now, probably that's it. Is it true that you need to have perfect vision to be a pilot? I don't need to have perfect vision, but you need to have a certain uh, unit. It's a six by six, I think. Yeah, six by six vision. Yeah. If you can, if you wear glasses, you have six by six, and you're good. But now you have more. Um, the the regulations are now. They change since you're in glasses. So you guys, as you can see, there's a living testimony that he did. He started something way different from what you guys think in Form 5. He did a five-year degree course and he still was able to become a pilot and he's still young, he's 34. I mean, as we all know, Rusa talked about it, you talked about it. We are usually to see that a pilot has, has to be someone with just gray hair. pilot has to just be someone who's 50, 60. But things are changing. You can become a pilot at your young age. Just follow your dreams. I mean, he followed his dreams and he was able to pursue his dreams and become a pilot. I mean, it takes a lot of courage, to be honest, to do a five-year degree. Mm-hmm. And how long, sorry, how long did you have to do aviation school until you, became a, you flew your first flight? Well, I did mine in like segments. But if I was to do it straight up, one year. One year? But why do people take like four, three years? Depends. There are people who like have they they attend programs that actually involve degrees in it. For example, the schools like schools in the states where you do your pilot training and a degree in something, a degree in aeronautical engineering uh-huh. that takes longer. The curriculum, if you do it in South Africa, it takes two years, three years. If you do it in the states, it might take you one year. If you do it in Russia, it may take two, three years. So it depends on what um, uh, training um, syllabus you do. Yeah. I mean, as you said, personally, my views are that you have to do three years, four years, but you're saying one year. So let's talk about the educational aspects. What is, for, as, as I said, someone's watching movie wants to become yeah. a pilot. What is something you recommend someone to go watch before they decide to pursue this? Like it could be, for, as a, it could be a guide or it could be them just looking at this and saying, mm. oh, wow, this has really opened my eyes. It could be a book, it could be a movie, it could be a video, yeah. or it could be a video about, that you made. Mm. What are something uh, educational aspects you could read? Okay, two things. First of all, most flight schools, they have these demo flights. They offer demo flights. So they take you up in the sky, leave controls for you, use some maneuvers, basic maneuvers, and see. Is this something you want to do? Trust me, the moment you take off and come back, you really know if you want to do it. I have people who, had, who went to the same school, 
They wanted to become pilots since at a younger age. The moment they got into a plane, started training, went through weather, turbulence, came back, landed, like, no, I'm done. That's the demo flight? No, that's like actual training. Oh, okay. So that's why to avoid that, uh, schools offer these demo flights where you actually go into a plane with an instructor, go up there, do some maneuvers. If it sparks you up, then probably it's your thing. To go watch my videos. Yeah. I have, How can a, they whole, watch videos? I have a whole um, series from Cockpit Series um, 1, 2, and 3 in uh, Instagram, in my, in my page. On YouTube, I do um, Adventures with Brian. Just write Adventures with Brian. And there's a lot of videos up there. You can just see what happens in the cockpit. Maybe Musa should go watch his videos. And you never know. Could be Captain Musa in the next three years. Yeah, I'm, cu I'm very curious about learning on how to become a pilot. And how much, for someone who doesn't know, how much do you have to invest in becoming a pilot? And what return on investment should someone expect? Um... There is no a straight answer to that because we're all different. The people who went uh, for training under scholarships, the people who have gone under personal finances, the people who have saved, the people who have sold their land to do that. But I would say an estimate budget would be something, anything above $60,000, the whole thing. And again, you're not guaranteed the job after that why because aviation as a pilot it requires you to be what's the right word um determinant you need to be lucky i would say the guys who came from school and the next day they have a job the guys who came from school and till today there's they haven't done it so it's mostly, probably, I would say luck, you know. So you know what you're investing in. People have bank loans, they're taking bank loans and it's killing them right now. And this is something that I, I'm telling you because I have done this for almost 10 years now. Right now, things have changed. Right now, the industry is opening up, especially after COVID. The industry is, the world is opening up. Companies are coming back again. They're hiring. So it's just you do your research first. Always research. Anything you do, research. They say, don't leave your job before you get another job. Same. Don't go spend money before knowing how you're going to get it back. Just because you love it doesn't mean you have to do it. Yeah. So if I have $60,000 right now, would you advise me to invest on being a pilot or just put it into real estate or something else? That's the only money you have? Yeah. Real estate. Because okay. mm -hmm. that money never comes back. When it comes to social media, we also touched upon you becoming an influencer in the whole aviation, yeah. becoming a pilot. Do you think that the world is changing right now? You, you, There's a lot of people, there's the air hostess that do videos or this is day in the life of becoming an air hostess in Air Tanzania, for example. This is me doing this. Mm. The old school people. <laughs> do they not look at you guys weird? Like, what are you guys doing? They do. I get that a lot. The people never understand me. Fellow pilots never understand me. Mm. They never understand that where do you get the time to do this? You know? 
And this is like, as you said, old school minds. The world has changed. Planes are different these days. Um, technology. You just place, a, just place a camera somewhere and let it record. So things like that. And people enjoy it. Trust me. Most, of these, most of these people who are like, why are you even doing it? And the ones watching. <laughs> you understand? Especially in the social media, people can be so negative, but believe me, they, they wish they could turn back time and do that thing. Yeah. I think you can relate to that most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> there are people who they wish they could share their, their career, but they can't. And it's just a negative mind. I mean, that's true. I mean, recently in Tanzania, a historic thing that happened, digital archive of Dr. Salim. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, I mean, I personally saw that as a very good thing that he did because he used to note down everything that he's doing. Mm -hmm. So... The, I don't know if you guys watched it, but basically what they said was, for example, right now, I could write, okay, I just did an episode with Captain Brian and Musa. I could just describe that we had Red Bull. Uh, Captain Brian said this, Captain Brian said, and he did for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. And look at how now it can be used to change people's lives. And look, he's ill, but then he's still changing people's lives. I mean, personally, mm -hmm. it, it gave me a different view on how to do things. For example, documenting your life. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you could pass away, but then what you leave behind would change other the, the legacy. I mean, we all say you want to leave legacies, but are we, what are we doing to leave legacies behind? Yeah. Your videos, you could stop becoming a pilot, but then you could still impact people's lives because of how they watch your videos. Yeah. And I think that's the misconception that comes with this old school mindset. I mean, Dr. Salem was old school because he's from the 90s, mm. but then what he did really, really, really makes sense. Yeah. Maybe Captain Brian could start writing a, a book. <laughs> <laughs> the whole journey. Yeah, the whole journey. But yeah, I mean, we personally appreciate what you do because you show us what we don't know. You know, sometimes you go on the plane, you're like, I wonder what he's doing. <laughs> what is he thinking? Yeah, what is he thinking? I wonder how is he flying the plane? What is he doing? But then through the videos, we understand oh, this is what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Role models are very important in life, you know, because there are people that we look up to, they inspire us, we follow their steps, we want to achieve what they have achieved. For example, I have a lot of role models. The first one is my father and others that I look up to. For example, in the aviation industry, I really like what Elon Musk is doing in space travel, Jeff Bezos and some other people like Richard Branson. They are all taking aviation to the next level. So, Captain, do you have any role models in the aviation industry, the people that you are looking up to when you are young, and how did they inspire you in your journey to becoming a pilot? Um, as I said before, back in the days, it was so hard for people to meet pilots and talk to them. So that gave me that energy for to fight for what I want. But as I grew up and started... Uh, aviation in general like started training and stuff like that i met people i met people who built me people who never looked down on me i have people who will always who always gave me the positive energy i needed there are people like that one of those people is um, captain hamza mapacho i always say this most of my friends would know him because i always talk so highly about him he he was my boss he was um, a, a fellow pilot, he has trained me in different uh, aircrafts, and 
when I was down on the floor, he picked me up and made me who I am. So I always go back to him. Whenever whatever happens in my in my in my career, he's usually the first person I call and like, this has happened. This is happening right now. Of course, in general, my parents, my mom, my mom has always been my my rock. You know, she's always believed in me. Because my mom is one of those people who you don't just go to her and tell her stuff. Like, I want to be somebody. You go out there, start your journey, and then she'll meet you halfway. That's my mom. So you just don't sit home and be like, I want to be this person. I need one, two, three, four. No. You go out there, fight for it. Halfway, when I see you start falling, then I'll pick you up and put you there. And I think that's the best way to show your parents they really want something. Yeah. I mean, so talk about Mr. Mapachu yeah. and you have talked about how someone has been able to pick you up when you've fallen. When you started become when you started your, your career as an in the aviation school, mm. you started somewhere. Yeah. You started at A. Yeah. But then you have to get all the way to Z. Yeah. The up top. And there's been there has been some growth within. So who was Brian then and who's Brian now? You said you've been in the industry for ten years. You've been in the career. You have. You've been in that career for ten years. Mm-hmm. So, how much growth have you seen from yourself just by every day? The difference every day makes. Talking to Mister, let's say, talking to Mister Patru, talking to different people. Mm-hmm. What type of growth have you seen with yourself? And what are the top three things that you've seen have changed from the brand that was ten years ago before you started and the brand that's today? Um, first and foremost is my probably I would say my the way I think. The way I see things, Captain Mopachu is one of the most positive people I know. They would take a negative thing, situation, and just change it to the most positive thing you'd ever imagine. Whereas I could not think of that, you know. So he has enabled he enabled me to think that way. Think of thing, things like not everything is green. The people who see green blue. And they still make it. You understand? There are people who are blind today. But they leave. There are people who have a deformity in themselves. And they still survive. You have everything. Why do you want to let, let one en- a negative energy destroy all that positivity? You understand? Use that positivity to just convert everything. So that, back in the days, I would, <laughs> if I do something wrong, I would want to just curse up myself and be like, why do that? I can't do this. I cannot do this. I remember when I, when I, when he started training me in the twin order, so it's a type of an aircraft. I hate failing. I hate failing. It kills me when I fail in anything. So I remember this day, my first flight um, came in for landing. I bounced that. It was a very hard landing. I could not do it. I told him, Captain, I cannot do this. I can't do this. I cannot. I know I've disappointed you. You know what he told me? You're going to do this again. In life, you will fail. You will fall. But you don't stop moving. You know? So such words, believe me, such words mean a lot in somebody's life. Somebody out there, some, somebody listening to this right now will be like, I needed this. I needed to hear this. 
I've had friends who have gone through so many things in life, not just the aviation aspect. I myself, how I started doing these videos was because at some point in my life, I was down on the floor and I had to pick myself up <coughs> and realize that, you know what? It's not my time to stop. I need to keep going. This failure or this, um, whatever's happened to me, I need to start from there. That's the start to something positive. You know? As I say, Tuishi, just live, live life. Let's just live life. It's not about your friends, it's not about your family, it's not about anybody else, but it's all about you. Yeah. True, very true. We all face challenges in life and we should not let the challenges stop us from what we want to be. I even remember one of my mentors, he gave me a very simple example on one of those days. He asked me, like, if I give you $1,440 right now and then you go outside and you lose $40, are you going to throw the 1400 away just because you lost $40? I was like, no, I cannot. Why, why would I do that? It's insane. But most people do that. You have 1,440 minutes in a day. So you can have 40 bad minutes, but you wouldn't let your whole day be ruined by just those 40 minutes. Exactly. So in life, the same. You can have one bad month, one bad day, one bad year. Doesn't mean you have a bad life. You should keep moving, you should keep going as life goes on. And you have to live, as I just said, you should keep living. <laughs> yep. They say for every 60 minutes of sadness, You've lost one hour of happiness. Captain Brian, uh, before we end the episode, I have a last question to ask you. I mean, thank you for everything that you've shared with us. You've shared some important messages to the people. I hope you guys have taken the notes as much as I have. Uh, one of the important things that I've taken is, is don't hold the rope for too long. Is Because I feel like that's where we go wrong. We feel like just because I started this, I have to finish it. Or just because someone told me to do it, I have to finish it. But at the end of the day, uh, one of the things that st stick in my head is that just because you have a passion for something does not mean there has to be a career. Where did I get this? I got this from Mark Cuban when they were talking about the whole issue of um, what's the Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. People come sell sponges to go wipe the utensils. Mm -hmm. I don't think someone in the back of their head slept and woke up that I want to, I want to sell a sponge that we're going to sell utensils. But end of the day, that same thing that they were selling there's one of the profitable business that have come in Shark Tank. So end of the day, don't just go for something you're passionate about. Go for it. But for example, Captain Brian, he said his dream was to do uh, to become a pilot. But end of the day, he also found a way to integrate with social media. And I feel like that's a good way to, to show things that you could have a passion for something, you could go for it. And it will work out for you. But if it doesn't work out for you, there's alternatives. Let go of the rope. That's an important message I took upon myself. But, so Captain Brian, we've talked about social media. We have talked about becoming a captain. But what's next for you? Is there a very big project that's coming about for you? Or what's next? Okay. Um, me being a pilot was just a career. But what do I want for myself? I always wanted to own an airline. But, 
Tuishi came along. Tuishi, Tuishi was just a phrase. Tuishi was just, as I said before, Tuishi was just a word that I use to, mo to, to, to give myself the energy that there's more to life than just what you are or what you, whatever it is what's happening in your life right now. But as it went, people got to know Tuishi and it became a brand, it became a company. And under Tuishi, I believe there's so many things coming up under Tuishi. Tuishi is just the umbrella. Underneath, I don't want to say what's coming, but I believe that Tuishi will touch everybody, each and everyone that will understand what Tuishi is. So for the people that don't know what Tuishi is, or they want to find out what Tuishi is, how can they know about it? Is there a social media page? Um, for now, Tuishi... Okay, Tuishi has so many sub-parts about it. There's the travel part. There's the lifestyle part. There's the fitness part. There is um, photography part. And so many other. For now, Tuishi is just the travel and lifestyle. And uh, probably at some point, I'll actually introduce something else for Tuishi. But I'm coming up with something for myself to explain what, because so many people keep asking me, what is Tuishi? Why do you have Tuishi? What does it mean? But I would just say something. If you look at the, the logo Tuishi, the Tuishi logo itself, it's two and then a walking person, then she. What it simply means, the two is only two letters. And the guy is walking towards, like from the left to the right, it's moving forward. And then she is three letters. So there's more to focus up ahead than what's behind you. That's one. Yeah. Two, as I said, I love music. The guy, the logo, it's a guy wearing a headphone. It means when I'm moving along to, to, to look for what's more up there, I don't stop doing what I love. I still have my music on. Same time, on the Tuishi fonts, it's a cityscape. They're like um, buildings and everything. It means I was raised in the city. So it's three things in Tuishi. Moving forward, born and raised in the city, and still doing what I love to do, which is music. So that's Tuishi. So that applied to everybody else. I believe everyone has a story to that. That probably there's some things that you love to do, keep doing it. It doesn't matter what your background is, how you're raised, where you're from. Keep doing it. There's more to focus up ahead than what's behind you. And that was Captain Brian. He has joined us on this special day for us and he has shared important messages, as I said before. But before I go, I want to ask Musa also, I said what I took that I found very important and gave me a different view of viewing life. What about you? What's something that Captain Brian said that has touched you? Yeah. In one word, I can summarize it by saying... <laughs> that's it for today make sure you guys like comment and subscribe and if you guys have any more questions for captain brian make sure you guys comment down below the question and we will host him for another part two if you guys want it make sure you guys like share it to your friend thank you guys